Hello, and welcome back to the Candles and Shadows podcast. I am your host, Ada, and I'm so excited to welcome you to my very first official episode. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, So we're going to jump right into it. And if you've read the title of this uh, episode, (laughs) you're in for a treat because it is a very interesting one. And it's one that I think really needs to be talked about, Um, especially in the world that we're living in today, where so many women, particularly Black women, are struggling to find love, struggling to find their Mr. Right, their marriage partner, their life partner. So let's get right into it. So today's episode, should more Black women be looking overseas for love? (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) You know, first, let me just kind of preface why I decided to start my podcasting journey with this particular episode. And the reason for that is because I am a uh, African-American, Nigerian-American woman, and I am actually someone who did, in fact, find my life partner online and eventually ended up moving overseas for love. And um, I get this question a lot because I live in Germany now and many people, when they meet me, they oftentimes are curious to know, you know, what brought me to Germany? What brought me here? Why did I decide to move to the country? And when I tell them that it's, you know, because of love, I oftentimes get this like, wow, this (laughs) very shocked and like, um, surprised reaction from people. And um, it's, uh, I guess I've kind of taken it a little bit for granted to an extent, because for me, it's just become like a natural part of my life story. But um, every now and then I get reminded (laughs) by people's reaction that in fact, this is something quite unique. This is something quite different um, to meet someone in another country and to actually um, leave your home country and move overseas to be with them. So, so let's kind of delve into um, how and why this all happened. So, I'm gonna sort of rewind back to 2015 because that's when I met my husband. Or let's go back a little bit further than that, a couple of years before that. Um, I had been living in New York City for a number of years. And the dating environment, anyone that is that has that has ever lived in New York City or visited New York City might have somewhat of an idea of what I'm talking about. The dating scene there is particularly brutal. Um, I was just finding it very, very difficult to meet people, to find anyone that was serious about having a relationship. It just felt like I was in this world where there was just far too much competition, far too many beautiful women, far too many intelligent, well-educated women. And I kind of got the sense that the men in the city were really spoiled for choice. Um, 
I've never been the kind of person that's really been focused on dating any particular race. I'm very lucky in that I was raised in an environment where my family parents encouraged me to be open and to embrace um, everyone and to um, not necessarily be focused on being with any particular person of a particular background, skin color, culture, religion, etc. So um, that kind of did provide me with a lot of um, room to sort of expand my options. And so in doing that, I had I actually had the expectation that um, I would have more options, you know, being that I was not necessarily limited in any kind of way. But um, I have to say that that didn't really help too much in the environment of New York City, unfortunately. Um, I did both in-person and online dating. Um, I like to see myself as a pretty attractive woman. Um, I've been told so. That's what people have told me. And I stay in pretty good shape, work out, um, well-educated, have a bachelor's, master's degree, um, work in, worked in finance at the time, was working on Wall Street. Um, I considered myself to be a very friendly, funny, outgoing person. I did my best to sort of not fit into that stereotype where I was just this beautiful woman, but then had nothing else really to offer in terms of personality and charm and, you know, curiosity and things like that. So I really sort of did a lot of work on myself to try and make myself into that sort of well-rounded package that would be attractive to uh, most men. But um, Unfortunately, I just kept finding that that just wasn't enough. Um, I would go out with guys. I would meet guys from online or meet guys in person at bars or at clubs. We might go out on a date or two. And um, I don't know. I would just get the sense that this person was not serious. It could be maybe the way that they would speak to me or how flaky they would be with the texting or with the replying, just taking days to reply texts or kind of, kind of putting me in a position where I felt like I was an option, I was an option for them. Like they were kind of like going down the list of women to see who was available. And I was, you know, just one of many, I didn't feel like I was a priority in their mind. Um, men who just, it was very clear that they were just looking for sex um, they were not really looking for a serious relationship. And so uh, it's it, it, it was just clear. You could tell from your interaction with men, anyone that's been in the online dating space kind of knows what I mean. Like when you interact with a guy, you, you kind of get an idea as to where his head is at, where he's what he's looking for, what he wants based on his behavior. And I just always got the sense that most of the men that I was meeting were just not serious. And um, that is something that became very frustrating. So I dated for a number of years, um, almost seven years, I would say. Um, off and on, I would have my moments where I would register for 
um, or create an account on a dating website. I sort of try it out for a couple of weeks or months and then I delete it. And then I'd say, I'm not dating anymore. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. I can't stand this. These guys are crazy. Like I can't do this anymore. It's so frustrating. And then after a while, I'd find that, you know, well, I'm not really meeting anyone in person and it's, you know, guys don't really come up to women anymore. And so, I'm going to go back online. I'm going to make another profile again and start all over. <laughs> Those of you out there know what I'm talking about. If you've been in the online dating space for a while, um, it's sort of this, uh, this constant battle of should I continue? Should I stop? You know, is this, is this even worth it? You know, I tried the free websites. I tried the paid websites and, Ah, it just it just wasn't going anywhere. Um, what was particularly disappointing, I, if, last point I want to add about this before I move on to my next point, um, was the amount of sexually suggestive um, comments and messages that I would receive from men. Um, the unsolicited, everyone knows about this, the unsolicited dick pic, so to speak, um, yeah, it was it it became very disheartening and your self-esteem sort of starts to take a, a a toll. It starts to take a toll on your self-esteem because you really begin to wonder to yourself like do I even deserve anyone good? Like is this really all there is out there? Like you know, all men are all men like this, you know, you really start to sort of question um you know, what am I doing? Why should I even try? All these, all men are terrible. You know, all men are dogs, all men are animals. Yeah. So <laughs> that was my journey up until, up until um, January of 2015. So this was sort of my new year's resolution that particular year. I had just let me see. I had just quit a job that I didn't like um, right before the new year. I had said to myself, you know, I'm not coming into the new year with this horrible job. I'm going to find something else. I really wasn't happy there. I was miserable. And so I wanted to start everything new, new job, um, new approach to dating. I just wanted to do something new. So I decided that I was going to stop dating in New York City. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing New York City anymore. I've done this for seven years. It hasn't worked. I'm done. So what I decided to do instead was to register with a website called OkCupid. Um, some of you might be familiar with it. I think they're still in business. <laughs> I hope they are because it worked for me. So um, the reason why I chose them is two reasons. Number one, I was tired of spending money. I had spent so much money on different websites and nothing had worked. And so I just said to myself, you know what, why am I doing this? Let me just, you know, try some, let me just focus on something that's free. Just save my money. I'm done with wasting money. Um, and the second reason is OkCupid was one of very few 
websites at the time, of course, this might have changed since then, um, that permitted you to post your your profile in anywhere in the world that you wanted to. You didn't necessarily have to live in the location in which you were posting your profile. And that was advantageous to me at the time because I no longer wanted my profile to be visible in New York City. And so I remember very clearly, it was a very cold January day. I was laying... I, as, as I said, I had quit my job in December, so I was still kind of job hunting. So I was at home um, in my apartment, in my bedroom, on my laptop. And I was thinking to myself, where should I post my profile? What country? What city? I mean, I had no idea. I, <laughs> I had no idea, but I, I somehow I said to myself, you know, I don't want to post my profile in the United States. I want to try some I want to just try something completely different. I want to try someone in a different culture, someone from a different background, you know. Maybe this could work. Um and so I I did that. I randomly and don't ask me how people ask me this all the time. How did you choose this city? How did you choose this country? I have no idea till this day. I randomly chose Munich, Germany posted my profile there. And within, I want to say 24 hours or so, I'd gotten a few messages, but one message stuck out to me in particular. And that was from who is now today, my husband. Um, he had written a very um, thorough uh, message to me. It was very clear um, that he had read my profile and had really taken the time to understand my biography and what I like and what I dislike and my hobbies, etc. And I was so impressed with how detailed he was that I wrote him back. And, you know, not to mention, of course, he was handsome and very tall, which, you know, I'm a tall woman, so that was advantageous as well. And he's well-educated, had a master's degree, etc. You know, kind of, of course, ticked off all those other boxes, but uh, most importantly, though, his his message was just very detailed. And um, I hadn't, you know, ever received a message from any man in the seven years that I had been doing this that, you know, demonstrated that they had really taken any special interest in me. Like most of the messages that I had received up until that point were always kind of cookie cutter in a sense, um, just kind of sounded like they co copied and pasted, you know, and sent it to every woman that they wanted to speak with. And so, yeah, I, I, I reached back out to him and, uh, he responded and, you know, we just started talking. And so he was located in Germany cause he's my husband, he, he's German. Um, and, uh, he thought, based on my profile, that I was also located in Germany, particularly Munich, which was about two hours away from where he lived. And so I want to say within definitely not longer than 24 hours after we started communicating, just kind of back and forth on the app, um, I did come clean because I didn't want to... He was initially coming off of such a nice guy, such an open and honest guy. 
I felt bad, you know, lying to him about not being in, not living in, in Germany. So I, you know, I came clean and I said, Hey, like, I just want to be honest and let you know that although my profile does say Munich, um, I am in fact located in New York and I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean to like trick you or anything. I really just posted my profile in, in Germany just because I wanted to see what it would be like to sort of meet someone in another country and just sort of try it out. And I kind of, I explained it, explained everything to him. I was very honest. And to my surprise, his response was, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, I really like talking to you. So I don't mind that you're in New York. That's fine with me. And I just, I just stared at my phone. I just stared at that message for like such a long time. I, I couldn't believe that he was actually okay with this. I mean, I had had experiences where if I was located in, you know, cause I, I lived in Manhattan and if I was, you know, speaking to someone in Brooklyn, you know, once they, I guess, figured out where I was, they would say, oh, no, no, you're you're in Manhattan. I'm in Brooklyn. No, no, no. I, I really just want to stay, you know, local in Brooklyn, which is, and I'm, <laughs> I mean, I had dealt with men that were that choosy. Like they didn't even want to leave their borough, not to mention <laughs> someone who's in a completely different country um, <laughs> all the way across the ocean. I mean, this this absolutely blew my mind. And I have to say at that point, I mean, we were still on the app, so we hadn't yet spoken face to face. We, I hadn't heard his voice or anything. But I have to say at that moment, I said to myself, hmm, you know, uh, that's a good sign right there. So far, so far. I mean, you know, he's not, he's not easily scared away. Um, that's something that I had consistently dealt with in my dating life is just men just being easily scared off. Um, and so right after that, very shortly after that, we immediately, um, you know, I wanted to be sure about who I was talking to. You know, we've all seen, you know, catfish, you know, <laughs> we all know about those things, you know, so I wanted to be sure about, you know, who I was dealing with and vice versa. I'm sure it, it would have made him feel a lot better knowing who he was talking to as well. And so we immediately switched to speaking on Skype. And soon as I saw him, I was like, wow, you know, very handsome, <laughs> um, very sweet, had a very thick, thick, thick German, Southern German accent, um, struggled a little bit with English, but was I could understand him perfectly well. And we just talked and talked and talked and talked. And when I say we talked, I'm telling you, even with the six hour difference that we had, um, we made it work. Um, luckily enough, because at the time I was still in between jobs, um, I had a lot of time on my hands. So basically we would start talking from around 12 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time which would have been six o'clock in the evening, his time, uh, right after he got home from work, we would literally talk from 
6 p.m. his time until midnight his time, which is, of course, 6 o'clock my time. And (laughs) till this day, I think to myself, like, what did we talk about? (laughs) I mean, it was this connection that I can't even begin to explain to you. we just, we were two lonely souls, let's just say. We were two lonely souls who were really looking for someone to connect to because he had also struggled with finding someone as well. Um, because he's a really quiet guy, you know, a very gentle guy. And so he's not the most aggressive, you know, the guy that's out there like hitting on girls, you know, trying to pick up girls, etc. You know, and so... Um, there was the way he described it to me is like, he, he felt like in meeting me, it was like he hit the lottery and, and, and to be honest, I felt the same way as well, because I felt like, wow, like this is what I've been looking for. I've been looking for somebody who just wants to spend time with me, who that's, that's, and that's all he wants. Um, it, this doesn't cost any money. We don't have to go on expensive dates. We don't have to, um, there's none of this showing off and showing out. It's like, we're just chilling in our pajama pants, <laughs> sweatpants, you know, at home on our laptops, just talking and connecting. I mean, we talk about our lives. We talk about our families. We talk about our work we talk about our friendships, our dreams, our goals in life, um, everything. And even sometimes we'd, you know, we'd be so reluctant to leave one another at night that <laughs> this might sound a little funny to some people, but sometimes he'd just leave his uh, iPad kind of propped up next to his bed and he'd sleep and I'd just watch him sleep. <laughs> He, he didn't want to be alone and I didn't want to leave him alone, you know? And we also had some times where, um, he would wake up in the morning, which of course would then be around my midnight and would be around his 6am. And he'd be happy to see that I'm still there. <laughs> I'm still there. Like, you know, I'm maybe watching TV or something, you know, just kind of doing other things around the apartment. But, you know, we just had that, connection. We had that bond. And this was so unexpected because, you know, I just, I I, I was just, this was an experiment. I, I didn't really think this was going to go anywhere. And it did. And it was a pleasant surprise. And we just bonded and we just really, really, really connected and just kept talking and talking. And from there, after a couple of months, um, we finally did meet in person. We met in in person in Scandinavia. Um, Long story behind why. (laughs) Why did we meet in Scandinavia? There's a whole story about that that I'll probably get into another uh, episode um, about this topic. But um, we met there and we met in person for the first time. And I have to say that I was very, again, pleasantly surprised because there's always that fear that when you finally meet someone in person, that it's going to be um, 
awkward or weird or you might not like each other or my the connection might not be the same but um and and it was initially a little awkward because he was a little shy and so was I you know um this is someone that I've been talking to online for months and finally we're meeting face to face and it's just like my nerves were like I remember like I could hardly like I was like shaking like <laughs> I was like oh my god oh my god I can't believe I'm meeting him and um you know, I think that trip sort of did solidify for me that I had made the right choice in, you know, spending time with him and getting to know him. And I think it did the same for him as well. And I got to really, really get to know him um, in person, you know, per a person's mannerisms, a person's behavior, you know, all those are, those are things that you get to know much better once you're face to face uh, in real life with someone. So, um, so the point of this story, um, why I'm telling you this, let me just, just kind of want to interject here before I continue with the rest of the story. Um, I want to emphasize the importance to women, black women, particularly since that's who I am. Cause you know, we have sort of a, a different experience in some sense with dating than compared to women of other backgrounds. We tend to struggle, let's say, a little bit more. Um, I want to use this story to kind of um, hopefully inspire anyone out there who has maybe convinced themselves that, you know, searching for love online is a waste of time or overseas, I should say, online is a waste of time, that it'll never work, that it's, you know, um, it's not for them. I'm here to tell you that had it not been for that curiosity and that openness that I had, I never would have met the man that eventually went on to become my husband. Um, I wish that I had heard a story like this prior to meeting my husband. You know, I mean, of course, I'm happy that I did it at that moment so that I could meet him. But I had spent before then, you know, seven years of my life, you know, perhaps I could have still met my husband years earlier had I known about this, had I been educated about the possibilities around this and how to make this work. And, and I can, if anyone has any questions out there about any details about, you know, um, how to make such a relationship work, if you want to know more about that, feel free to get in contact with me. I can definitely speak more to that. Um, but that is something that I just really want to impart here that this can work, but like any relationship, it really has to do with the two people involved. The two people involved have to want the same things, have to be sort of in the same headspace, have to have the same goals, etc. If both of you are sort of synced in that way, then the chances of the relationship working, whether it's overseas or it's in real life, 
or not in real life in the same <laughs> in the in the same country or in the same city um it will still work okay and so i just kind of wanted to put put that in there um before i continue with the rest of my story now so um so fast forward um this is now 2 years later um what we did in those 2 years was pretty much we dated long distance. So I would fly to Germany. He would fly to New York. I'd fly to Germany. He'd fly to New York. We were doing this sort of bat. And, and we would also fly to other countries as well. We'd go to Ireland. We'd go to Dubai. You know, we, we kind of made it a little fun. We took advantage of our long distance relationship to meet one another in other countries as well and to make a vacation out of it, a fun vacation out of it. And so, yeah, fast forward then two years later, um, I came to visit him in the spring of 2017. And yeah, he picked me up from the airport, brought me back to his apartment. And I opened the door and I'm met with rose petals everywhere. <laughs> and um he uh, had uh, written in rose petals on the dining table, will you marry me? And I just fell apart, you know, the crying, <laughs> the ugly crying, <laughs> um, you know, just the, 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 the surprise of it all. I didn't have any hints that he was going to do this um, and um, just happiness. What can I say? Speechless happiness. He got down on one knee. I mean, it was, <laughs> I was shaking. <laughs> I was very happy. I was very happy because, um, this was the man. I, of course I had always had it at the back of my mind that, you know, this is, this is the man I'd like to marry. Um, he and I had gotten so close, fallen so deep in love and, um, I just couldn't imagine my life without him. And so when it came to the conversation about, you know, where we should live, um, for me, and this is another thing that I think is important to point out, um, in being in a long distance relationship, another, th another component about uh, all of this that's important to consider is if the relationship does if you do decide to move forward as far as getting married or getting, you know, or, or just if you're not ready to get married, if you just want to, you know, be closer to one another, one person, at least one out of the two of you, it's great if both of you are flexible, but at least one out of the two of you needs to be more flexible. In other words, more willing to, to move and to, to, um, be willing to come to the other person's um, country or city. Now, in our case, that was me. I was the more adventurous of the two of us, being that, and that wasn't any surprise. I was a single woman living in New York City by myself. I had my own apartment. I had come to the city uh, on my own, moved into the city on my own. So I was by nature a very adventurous um, person and a very curious person as well. And for me, the idea of moving to Germany was 
um, a great one. I thought to myself, wow, like, you know, I'm very curious about Germany. I'm very curious about life there. I wonder what it's like, the language, the food, the people, the culture. Um, to me, it sounded great. I was very open. Um, yes, I did have a career because that's probably a question some people might be pondering as to, you know, what do you do about your career? <laughs> You'd built a career on Wall Street. And um, I did find myself at a crossroads where I had to kind of think about, you know, what is that going to mean for me professionally, right? Because that I, I'd have to give up my job. I'd have to give up my career because the area in which in Germany the area which I was moving to did not exactly have a thriving, booming financial sector. This is a small town, not really an area that has a lot of such businesses, not a cosmopolitan area. And so um, I knew that that was going to probably mean that I would need to shift gears. I was going to need to sort of reinvent myself, recreate myself, start something new. But I wasn't afraid to do that because I had already done that when I came to New York. When I came to New York and came into the financial services industry, I was also transitioning from something different because I was previously a a, um, a law school student. I had initially wanted to pursue law and then I changed my mind and decided that I wanted to go into finance. And so pivoting and sort of shifting and being flexible and having to sort of start from zero, that was nothing new to me. That was something that I already had practice with and um, I wasn't scared of that. And, you know, I was moving to a developed country. It's not as if I'm moving to a country that, you know, lacks infrastructure or anything like that, where I would find it difficult to start something of my own. Of course, I'm moving to a country that's highly industrialized and um, anything as far as starting a business or, you know, coming up with something that I'd like to do, there's really nothing stopping me from doing that. And so, um, yeah, we ultimately decided that I would be the one to move to Germany. And so that's what I did <laughs> in um, late summer 2017. And we got married in the fall of uh, 2017. And we are now the proud parents to a little one-year-old boy. So... That is where I am right now. That brings me up to the present moment. And so um, this is meant to be a story that I hope opens the eyes of some women out there who might be thinking, you know, that their options are limited to the environment in which they're living, whether it be their city, their state, their country, your options are only as limited as what you tell yourself that they are. Recognizing your value as a Black woman is very, very important. One of the things that I refused to do when I was dating was I refused to settle for less. I refused to believe that these horrible options that I was surrounded by, that these were the best that I could do. Especially living in the technological age that we live in today, I absolutely refuse to accept that. 
And so what I would like to encourage other women out there to do is try to expand your options. Now I know, you know, some women have their preferences, you know, you want to, especially, you know, in the Nigerian American community, I, I'm, I'm well aware that there are many women who prefer, um, whether it's for their, whether it's personally or whether it's for their family, for their parents, um, you know, to be with someone who is, who shares the same background, the same culture, um, the same religion and and same similar upbringing, et cetera. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't want to trample on that. I don't want to um, criticize that in any kind of way. What I will say though to that is I know for myself personally that if I had that narrow sort of scope in my dating experience, the chances that I would have met someone to marry in a timely manner, and by timely I mean in time in the sense that you want you want to be able to have children, you, you want to leave enough room for all of that to be a realistic possibility. Um, I knew for a fact that expanding my options beyond that scope was really the only way for me to find a true life partner that was going to be right for me, irrespective of their background, culture, etc., skin color, whatever. That was just my journey. Um, I'm not saying that that is a journey that is right for everyone, but I'm just here to share what worked for me in my life. And that's ultimately how I ended up achieving what I wanted, which was to find a life partner, find a best friend, and to find someone who I want to spend my life with and have and build a family with and build a legacy with. And this person, um, you know, to my surprise, to my shock and awe, despite the language differences, despite the cultural differences, despite him living on a completely different continent, we share similar exact <laughs> values. We have the same ideas about life, the same philosophies about life. And, you know, it just goes to show that most of these values that we hold dear to ourselves, they transcend race, they transcend culture, they transcend all of these things. You can find somebody who appreciates all of those things and loves you for who you are outside of your respective culture, you know, that you, that you grew up in. And, uh, yeah, my husband now is, uh, he's very glad to have met me. He, he's, uh, he's been introduced to some delicious Nigerian food that he never knew anything about. <laughs> 
he eats acara, he eats plantain, he eats jollof rice. I mean, all of those things. He loves those things. And he's grateful that I came into his life and spiced things up for him. Yeah. Um, so, so that's my story. So should Black women be looking overseas for love? My answer is a resounding yes. <laughs> please do. Please do. Um, things are hard enough as it is. It's hard enough to find someone. Don't make it harder on yourself. Expand your options. It's a really big world out there. Men of different cultures, of different backgrounds, have different philosophies and different ways of viewing life. And you may be surprised to find that your views and your, the way you feel about life is very much in line with the way that someone else overseas feels as well. New York City was the wrong environment for me. Metropolitan environments in general are wrong for people like me. Um, despite the amount of years that I had spent there, my spirit could never align with my surroundings, with my, yeah, with the community, with the energy of the city. My, my spirit was not, could just couldn't align with it. And I, I'm very grateful that I had the foresight and the courage to step outside of the proverbial box, yeah, and expand my view, my world view on love. So that's my story. <laughs> I really hope that you would enjoy this story. Um, if you would like to know more, if you have any questions, please get in touch with me on Instagram at Candles and Shadows. I'd be happy to um, interact with you, speak with you, address any comments, questions that you may have. Um, I hope that this story was both entertaining <laughs> and informative. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to sharing more with you and exploring more um, topics in depth in future episodes. So thanks again and see you soon. Bye.